The weekend is here. It is time to go fishing. Our job is to get you ready. And we shall. Jason Freed of Leisure Outdoor Adventures is here, as well as Charlie Warroth of Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service. And a podcast bonus today, Mandy Urich joins the show. Let's do this thing. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck and I'm probably gonna need it. My luck is gonna change, I can feel it. Paul Bunyan. is here edition of Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with Jason Freed of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Jason, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me, Kev. Well, what's your fishing season been like so far? Where have you been fishing, and what are you seeing out there? Well, yeah, I've, I've spent most of my time on Leech Lake, uh, like we oftentimes do. Uh, actually heading over to Lake Vermilion here as well. Uh, but uh, Leech Lake's been where I've been primarily at, and uh, we've been going really hard here. And, we got it really out to school this year because of construction, so that it opened up some more time to, to be on the water. And and uh, definitely it seems like July more than it seems like June right now. Water temps are up in the 70s, and you'll know, get some days it cools down with the wind or get some rain. But, man, consistently with these warm temperatures we're having, it's, it's creating really warm water temps. And everything seems to be about, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 to 14 days ahead of schedule. And we're starting to see mayfly hatches happen on the lake. Other bug hatches and the fish are definitely in in more of a mid June, late June mode than they would be early June. And uh, that means uh, presentation wise and bait wise, the stuff they like later in the year is what we got to be doing right now. Yeah, you know, it's still one of those things where uh, you still got to have leeches and you got to have crawlers and you, get, you even have minnows if you can get some um in, in the boat each day i mean we're still finding that some days it's, you'll catch them on leeches and the next day you got to catch them on crawlers and some days if the wind blows you can still get them on a jig and a minnow but yeah i mean with these with the bug hatches and things like that happening you know things like um, bottom bouncing with uh, crawler harnesses and spinners is definitely the uh um, starting to become a, a better and better tactic every single day and especially on those days where we get these 88 degree days with fairly flat calm conditions just to be able to cover water get out on the edges of these long break lines or the edges of these reefs and just pulling spinners is a really really good way and then uh slow death is another one uh definitely would want to have in your arsenal just as a uh, presentation with you can either put it on a lindy rig you can put it on a bottom bouncer you can go a little bit slower and uh but it kind of mimics uh, uh mayfly and a bug uh hatching down there and so Definitely want to do those things. I mean, obviously, the tried and true Lindy rigs and jigs are still catching fish. Slip bobbers are catching fish, um, especially when they're finding more congregate. I think the big thing this time of year is to really read your electronics. And, you know, if you're seeing fish and they're really scattered 
along a brake line, for example, then you're going to want to pull spinners or you're going to want to lend your rig. But if they're real, if they're bunched up real tight, they're on a real, you know, specific piece of the part or of the structure. You know, that's where a bobber or throwing a jig or you know something along those lines seems to be a better presentation. So it's kind of the old, you know, you got to use electronics to find them, and then once you see them, it's kind of reading what they look like down there, how, if they're spread out, if they're grouped up, and then trying to match the presentation with that. I know that uh, leech is really, really wind-dependent, but are there any particular areas that are better than others right now? You know, the fish are definitely real spread out. I mean, we haven't really seen any really big schools of fish. Um, You're fishing more what I would call pods of fish, where, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to ten fish in a pod. And and, uh, it definitely seems like the main lake is starting to kick out fish more and more and more. Uh, We haven't been spending a lot of time in Walker Bay as a guide team. Um, but, you know, when the wind is, you know, realistic enough to get around out there, it seems like the main lake. And, and just fishing a lot of the you know, well-known areas, you know, um, Portage Bay was good last week. Uh, getting up into Portage Bay, fishing some of the windblown points in, in rock reefs. Um, but even out on the big part of the lake, you know, the areas like uh, Submarine, uh, Annex, um, the Red Rocks around Pelican Island, um, you know, all those areas, uh, Fletcher's, I mean, a lot of the real key areas are all kicking out fish. You just really got to cover ground. And, you know, what I found on the guide trip a couple of days last week was, you know, you might pull into some of these places, you might catch two, you might catch four or five, and then it kind of seems like it just kind of dies off, and then you just got to stick and move, you know. So if you're looking to put numbers of fish in the boat, sometimes it means you just got to catch them and then get the heck out of there and then move on, you know. Cause like I said, you're just not seeing the schools of them. Um, you know, where you can just kind of make these long passes and fish for three hours on a spot. And and uh, it really seems like if you want to put more fish in the boat, you really got to kind of just stick and move and keep hitting spots as you go. But like you had said earlier, just you got to play the wind, you know, see what the wind's doing, uh, find those areas, and then really kind of focus in and key in on those areas with your presentations. Well, it sounds like you're finding fish, which is important when you're in the guide business. That is the, the thing that I think keeps guides awake at night is, am I going to get some action for my clients? Oh, yeah. No, there's many, many sleepless nights, many, many, many thoughts go through guys' heads when it comes to uh, where's the wind going to blow? Are they going to be in this area? If they are, you know, how are we going to catch them? And then it oftentimes seems like when you go into guiding that plans A through D usually get thrown out. And then by the time you get to plan E, that's when you kind of start dialing things in. So it doesn't always work out to pull in the spot A and start whacking them right away. But, uh, you know, that is something that we as guys, you know, take a lot of pride in is, is getting, you know, fish in the boat for people and, you know, and then that's, you know, there's obviously the walleye fishing, but, you know, guys are starting to, you know, guys are catching bass, you know, the smallmouth population is starting to really kind of grow and become more prevalent in Leech Lake. They're just showing up a lot more. Um, you know, obviously you got largemouth on the lake, you got panfish, you know, get down some of the weed edges right now. You can catch uh, crappies and, and uh, bluegills in places like Steamboat and Sucker Bay and some of the weedier bays, you know. So if uh, the walleyes are, uh, you know, creating too much stress for somebody, just, you know, get out. Throw for bass, throw for, um, you know, muskies opened up here last weekend. Uh, you know, and that's still pretty early. Most guys are kind of doing the trolling gig, and some of the guys are doing the casting thing for that. But those will obviously get better as it goes on. But lots and lots of options within the area. And if it is too windy, pull your boat out and check out some of the smaller lakes, too. Right. We, we You know, when we live in an area with Winnie and Cass and Leech and Bemidji and Red, uh, we kind of forget about some of those other lakes. You do, you know, and these other lakes sometimes there can be hidden gems. You know, a lot of times in the middle of summer, uh, some of us guys will pull off and we'll start fishing some of those smaller lakes. And, 
you know, for a lot of people, they're just less intimidating because they're just not as big, and you can kind of really fish it and learn it. And and, and it's interesting that sometimes these smaller lakes actually get better walleye fishing as the summer gets goes on. They become a little bit more predictable. Um, and whereas sometimes these bigger lakes can get a little bit tougher come mid-July and because all the variables that go with it within a big lake, within the biological aspect of the system. So, you know, I think there's always those options out there. And, and especially what's fun about these little lakes is, it's, you know, you just never know what you're going to catch. You go on some of these lakes and you're going to catch, you know, you might catch five to seven species in the, in a morning. And uh, for a lot of people, that's kind of fun, you know, and simple fishing. And a lot of people, you know, for most people, they just want the rod to bend. And, and uh, a bass and a pike and a walleye and a bluegill and all those things can do the exact same thing. And so that's really what it's all about. Um, did you hear from any of your guide clients, or not your guide clients, your fellow guides that uh, that specialize in muskie, how that went opening weekend? You know, I, I, we didn't chat a whole lot. I know uh, Toby was out. Uh, he did a little bit of it. Um, you know, it, it didn't sound like uh, nothing too productive. Um, you know, I think what's interesting, too, is with these warm water temps, you know, the muskies might not be doing what the muskies normally do either, you know, and so... Uh, you know, like anything, it's like uh, like deer hunting. You got to track them down and figure out where they're living, and then kind of figure out the, the plan of attack. But uh, nothing really. It is pretty early. I mean, Leech Lake isn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, muskies get caught early, but not not as lot, not as many. Mm-hmm. And so, I think uh, for a lot of guys, it's just you know they kind of do the waiting game. They fish walleyes pretty hard in the month of June, and then the hardcore muskie guys are just trying to figure it out as we go here. Well, um, you spent a lot of time as le- on leeches, as you noted. Um... Any as you, as you spend time out there this year, is there anything out there that you're seeing that's concerning you? Or are you pretty happy with what you're seeing out there? You know, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing we all kind of, you know, what we would all say is that you just don't like it. You don't see the huge schools of fish. You know, I think it was, you know, relatively, I think that opener time was kind of tough this year a little bit. And, you know, so it just makes you wonder a little bit, you know, what's going on. And, you know, but at the same time, I mean, it seems like every year there's so much bait in the system, whether it's perch or shiners or, you know, crayfish. And, you know, I, I, I oftentimes think that, you know, I, you know, you got to trust what the DNR does and they're the science of everything. And, um, you know, but sometimes you start thinking like, you know, the reason why fish school up is to hunt. And if there's so much bait in the system, they don't have to school up as much. They can be in smaller pods and, and then they could easily still, you know, find their, their meals. And, and so I do sometimes wonder if that's the case, too, and the reason why we're not seeing as many schools of fish is because there's so much bait in the system that they just don't have to be in these large schools anymore. But, you know, I definitely think the the, the days of, you know, especially early in the year where you can just make these long drifts and, you know, people are all kind of catching fish. And uh, it definitely seems like the lake has changed a lot. Um, you know, the, they were talking about zebra mussels and all that kind of stuff as well within the lake. You know, last week we were uh, – you know, out there, you could see some of that, and I've, I've heard some of the people who tell you that you know, seen them on their docks and that kind of stuff too. And so, with that, that's going to change the makeup of the lake, also. You know, and I mean, it's just going to become it's already a clear lake, but it's going to become even more clear. And and the weeds are going to grow thicker in certain areas and go out deeper in certain areas. And um, you know, so there's all all those variables that are out there. I mean, nothing real concerning. I think the big thing are these water temps. And I mean, we definitely every guide I think would say the same thing, but we need a, a little bit of a reprieve with these temperatures i mean no. you're going to start seeing tulabees probably dying and you know dying off because of the water temps if they stay this warm and you know this is something that you, you know you normally get these temperatures these mid-70s um more than like that heat wave you get in july uh for a couple of weeks and this is just way too early for that so that's a little concerning um you know because you got to really take care of these fish those, 
you know, if you pull a walleye up out of, you know, 20 feet of water, you know, and you put some stress on that fish or you catch a muskie or, you know, I think you just really got to be careful. So these water temps, I think, are a little concerning. Um, but, you know, it's Minnesota. I mean, it could be uh, 88 here for 10 days, and all of a sudden we get a week of 50s, um, and everything's back to normal. So it's Minnesota. We just roll with the punches, and that's, how, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have talked to a number of guides on a number of lakes that have zebra mussels on them. I always ch- ask them, have you seen anything uh, to the naked eye as far as change in water clarity yet? Uh, nothing yet. I think I think Leech is a relatively you know clear lake in general. Um, you know I think this year, and it could have just been the spring and, not, and the type of spring we had because we didn't have a lot of rain and runoff and that kind of stuff this year. But I know early in the year the lake was seen to be more clear than, than most people have ever seen it, especially in some of the real shallow, weedy, mucky areas. And I don't know if that was necessarily zebras as much as it was just we just haven't had much rain uh, and different things like that to kind of you know really muck the water up a little bit. And uh, so I think that's a little bit, but, you know, we'll see some algae blooms here and, and some stuff like that happen, and the lake will, will get a little bit more dingy. But, um, you know, it'll definitely be something. I think it takes time. I guess I don't know the whole science behind it all, but I know it takes some time. So it is interesting to see, you know, how, how, it, how, more, how much more clear it does get and then how fish react to that. Well, I know that, you know, in some of the other lakes, and, and the sample timeline is still really short. We don't have a lot to compare it to. But it's the, the lakes where there has been a change in clarity that they've been able to determine that. It's not that the fish go away. It's that they start acting differently. And it's really kind of up to the anglers to figure out what they're doing because the fish are still in those waters. It's just they're hunkered down in different spots now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I live living down in Brainerd. Obviously, Gull Lake is a well-known lake and has had zebras in it now for a while. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think for years, everybody got so used to fishing on the edges of the weeds. Uh, and the weed lines for walleyes uh, throughout the uh, summer months and into the fall. And, and now, I mean, they're finding that, you know, the walleyes are shallow. They stay more shallow. They're up in the weeds. Uh, they're in the more of the cover. And uh, because it's more clear and they're looking for that, you know, those areas of shade and areas that kind of, you know, because walleyes can be very light sensitive at times. And and so if with that comes the changes in how you catch them and, and more bobber fishing and more casting and, uh, because you can't lindy rig through a bunch of a bunch of weeds very well, and uh, and so yeah, you're right. I mean, the fish are still in the system; they just adapt, they move, they they maybe are gonna, uh, you know, go into new places. Um, and a lot of it's all still bait dependent, you know. And, and the bait, you know, where the bait goes, the fish go. And and with the water becomes more clear, the bait can sometimes slide into the weeds more, into more of the cover, and obviously that's where you're gonna start finding more of the fish. A lot more to come with Jason Freed of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. And Beans, he is, of course, the Brainerd Warrior football coach. we got to do a little football ball binding country while we're at it. Up next, though, we're going to check out the Lake Winnie Deer River Grand Rapids area with Charlie Warreth. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. It's the weekend, time to go fishing, and the weather's going to be a little more tolerable than it was last weekend. We went down 371 to Leech Lake to see what Jason Freed was up to in our first segment. This time we're heading east on Highway 2, heading over to the Lake Winnie, Deer River, Grand Rapids areas, and checking in with Charlie Warreth of Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service. Charlie, great to hear your voice again and have you back on the show. And thank you, Kevin. Same to you. I uh, always appreciate the opportunity. Let's talk a little fishing. We've had, of course, just 
ridiculous heat starting late last week and really much of this week. What has that done for fishing in your area? I don't think it's affected the fish that much yet. I think if it keeps it up, you know, the water temperature will shoot way up. It's hot on the surface, but it hasn't heated the, you know, the water up that much. It's slowly, gradually getting up there. Uh, we're still using the jig and a minnow, so they haven't really flipped over the worms and stuff that I am aware of yet. Uh, you can still get by with minnows and jigs. Now, some people are still spinning yet and starting to use spinners and things like that, and some people are rigging, but uh, I've been keeping it simple and using a jig and minnow yet, So, and it's been working pretty well. So I'm um, assuming it's pretty good. It's not as it's hard to detect what the temperature is down there. I don't have anything that goes that, you know, just the surface. But the surface is definitely hot, so I don't think it affects as much. You know, uh, usually it affects uh, us more than it affects the fish. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Where have you been fishing so far this year? Been you know, kind of all over. Uh, uh, Leech Lake has been really nice quality fish. Uh, it's not fast or furious, but if you work at it, you can come up with some really nice quality fish. Their their size is phenomenal over there. I fished Winnie. But sometimes it's, there's a lot of you catch a lot of walleyes. I mean a lot, but they're on the really on the small side. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of six, eight, nine inches. There's also, there's some twelves and thirteens, and and you'll get occasional fourteen. But uh, and then you'll get some slots, and you'll get some over slots. There's still a little void in that 16 and and 17 inch range, or few and far in between. What I've seen, I've heard from a number of people that are predicting by late this year and for certain next year the the, the winnie fishing should be excellent as those smaller fish get into that keeper size. Yep, yeah. When they get there, that's gonna. There's a couple of year classes there, and it seems like there's a lot of them. I mean. They're in 30 feet of water. They're in 14 feet of water. They're in the weeds. I mean, like, you know, it doesn't make no difference where you go. They're there, it seems like. It's just that they got to make it through that, you know, grow a couple inches, you know, throughout the summer here. Yeah, that, that, that's been the case with Winnie probably the last three, four years as I've talked to you and other guys over there is that there's plenty of action to be had. If you want to be busy, you can certainly catch a lot of fish. But it is, finding those keepers continues to be a challenge. Yeah, and now the water's starting to warm up, and you might not want to just go fishing the fish in that deeper water. That's going to get a little warmer, and especially if you start rigging them and got hooking them and stuff like that, the mortality will get kind of high on them. So that'll be an issue, you know, as the summer progress. So, boy, that yeah, if we don't uh, if we don't see some serious relief here, that's going to be a concern not just with walleyes, but a lot of fish, and certainly. You know, the guys who go after muskies, those are very, very um, susceptible to, to being very stressed with the way they fight in a very hot day. So yeah. we need some help. We need some cool temps. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the warmth this time of year just to be on the, you know, looking at towards fall. But it's because uh, grouse seem to have their hatch or young at this time of year. You know, if we have a cool spot, uh, cool spell, a lot of the chicks don't make it. So mm-hmm. they're definitely should be good on those i always kind of watch just the 10th of around the june here that hopefully the weather's not wet and cold so <laughs> it definitely helps those young birds in the grouse side for something different anyway but we'll go back to fishing now 
Oh, yeah, we can talk all like of the heat. I've just given a good excuse why we like the heat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, so as as uh, so you've talked a few different lakes, what are, what are you hearing from some of the other well-known lakes in, in the Deer River, Grand Rapids area? Well, bowstring has been slow throughout the year. Uh, I'm, my personal opinion, it's had a lot of pressure because when he's been poor and it held up for a long time, but it might take a year or two of a little relief, so it rebuilds itself back up. It's been poor since the opener. I mean, you're catching fish, but not like what people are used to out there. You got a few other smaller lakes they've been producing. Uh, certain days, when you get this hat flat, flat, calm weather, it's just tough with no wind certain days. And, you know, the evening bites and stuff are better. Sure. But most of the lakes are producing. Uh, Jesse's been all right. Uh, uh, Sand Lake been so-so and you know it's just that time it's you know it's getting close to father's day and usually the official transition out to the middle at that time and you know your summer program will kick in so nothing real hot and heavy and but mm-hmm. but you can you know if you work at it you can do very well well, certainly this week is his probably is a little too hot for most Minnesotans. But one of the nice things about the season so far this year is it hasn't been you know nasty to be out there. I mean, even if the fish aren't biting you know fast and furious, at least it's been a nice day most of the time to be on the boat. Right, flies and stuff haven't been a big problem yet. They're nothing. It's just very enjoyable being out there and, and enjoying the surroundings and stuff like that. Uh, there's been a lot of, you know, perch action and stuff on Winnie. It's been good. I mean, if you want to change, you know, around to get something to keep, that's, they've been very plentiful out there more than they have in the past. So that's mm-hmm. just another option for somebody to, to be looking for. To, yeah, you know, uh, they've historically been very good for nice eater-sized perch, but, uh, yeah, it was a little quiet for the last few years. Good to hear that, that those perch numbers seem to be up again. Yeah, and the size has been pretty decent. Um, you know, if you get them nine inches and up, that's it, a pretty, you know, you'll get a nice meal out of them. You get ten of them, you'll, you'll be doing really good. Have you been over to Red Lake this year? I have. I made it there one time. It started out slow. And then I heard it picked up, and I went over there. And they only have three fish limits now this sure. year, but uh, it's one over seventeen in the slot, and and we did get our overs, and and there's some small fish there too. And but you can there's a, some fifteen, sixteens in there too, not as plentiful as the thirteens and twelves. But when I, once they showed up there, it, it was very good i still jigged them up there people were spinning them i think the guys running crankbaits were doing a little less action that was last week when i was there but okay. and then you just got to watch the weather up there if you got a big wind and storm to go through there that dirties up that water and it can be lights out one day and the next day you won't think there's a fish in the lake <laughs> that's just so shallow that that riles it up there and you just get dirty and those fish can't see the bait that is crazy how that water clarity can change with just, you know, one windy day. It's pretty incredible. I run across the whole lake. It's 14 foot deep. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's why there's not many weeds in it either. It's so, it gets so rough that it tears them out. So I know as a guide, you probably have to spend most of your time getting your uh, your clients on walleyes because that's, you know, that's our fish. But have you had a chance to fish for anything else? I have not. Uh, I kind of 
I enjoy fishing walleyes, and uh, so I kind of set it up for myself that I, I like fishing them, and I try to concentrate on them mostly. So I haven't gone bass fishing or anything. I just caught a few bass and stuff like on Big Island Lake up by North Ohm. There's some small mouths and stuff. We're up there fishing. You'll catch them on if you fish the rocks and stuff like that. I'm just not targeting them, but you will get on them rocks and you will catch a lot of smallies and stuff for this time of year. And I just like to use a jig and minnow on it. I mean, most bass guys frown on that. I bait with bass, but it works. <laughs> but again, I was just trying to catch fish and not concentrated on them but last year you heard a lot of reports of a lot more people out on the water fishing did you notice that in your area and uh, how about this year yes it's uh there is a lot of more people i think mainly because that border's closed mm-hmm. i know all the resorts around here and everything are all full pretty much uh all the people that cross that border are just staying here now so they can't go any further so they're here and it's definitely it's putting a lot more pressure on the lakes and businesses, you know, for the area is good because there's a lot more people here. So, uh, How about your business? Have you been busier the last couple of years? Yeah, I've been. Uh, it's been as, as busy as I want to be. <laughs> you just, <laughs> depends on what you want. If you want to, you can fish about every day if you like. And if you don't, you mean just uh, pick and choose. But, it, again, I think it's mostly due to that uh, border closing got all these other people that haven't been here in the past. They've been going to Canada, so now they're here. Then they want somebody to take them out and show them around for a little guidance, so the business is up. I'll be interested to see uh, when, when the border does reopen what will happen there. I mean, a lot of people who maybe fit, never fished our areas will decide, you know what, it's a shorter trip. We can keep more fish. I think I might, I think I might keep doing this. Yeah, I think you're correct. I mean, less hassle going across that border and everything like that, so... I think next summer it'll open up. Uh, I'm not uh, sure about this fall. The only reason I'm saying that, I have a moose hunt in Newfoundland was canceled last year, and the outfitter said, don't be really planning on going this fall neither. So, oh. Moose hunt? Not, yeah, in, in Newfoundland. In Newfoundland. Have, is that something you do on a regular basis? Never been there. Oh, and, <laughs> of all the times to decide to go, right? Yeah, uh, that's just my luck. So, this will be a second year. We'll get so they actually email us said, "Don't plan on it." Well, they have people inside on the Canadian side there. They got a lot of other outfitters and stuff they're dealing with, and, and they don't think you're going to get across not till twenty two. That was an email I got from. But hopefully, if maybe they'll change. If not, so so this fall, everybody that wanted to go up there probably won't have an opportunity. Well, Charlie, it's not going to get cold by any stretch, but it is su- supposed to cool down, maybe even get a little storm system Friday and be into our the low 80s by Saturday. Um, if we're heading out on a lake, uh, what would you suggest we sh- we should be doing right now? Well, I would still, uh, I said, did very well jigging in the last couple of days, so I wouldn't very off it right now. I would still, uh, there's shiners around as of yesterday, most of the bait shops, and they've still been working very good, but I wouldn't, uh, if you like the rig, I definitely think it's a very good possibility. It's just easier for me to to keep it simple. But if you know on your own, and you want a rig. I would say if you have a very, it should be a good presentation at this time, or start to get there. And uh, uh, and again, their fish been shallow. Uh, I mean, even 
and windy for anywhere from 14 feet to 30, and I fished a small lake in the area yes, a couple of days ago, and and it was nine feet. I was on leech yesterday. They were in 12 feet. Still, yeah, kind of funny because of how hot it is. Uh, you might think you want to really go in your summer applications, but I would I'd still stay in a shallow in the spring mode yet. So, Charlie, are you booked up for the year? Or do you have some spots if people want to use your services? I have a few openings throughout the summer yet, so if anybody's interested, they can give me a call at 218-244-5756. If I don't answer because of the cell reception, just leave me a message. I will definitely call you back. All right, it's Charlie Worth from Charlie's Gone Fishing Guide Service over in the Deer River, uh, Grand Rapids area. Charlie, thanks for taking time today. Appreciate talking to you, and uh, we'll check in again later. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. We're heading into the weekend and getting some good advice from Charlie Warrup and, of course, Jason Freed, who joins us once again. He's from Leisure Outdoor Adventures. And, Jason, so you said you're headed up north? Yep, heading up to Lake Vermilion here for a little bit. Going to uh, do some trips, get the family coming up uh, here a little bit later. Um, you know, it's just one of those areas our uh, guide service is uh, expanding here. and We have the opportunity to work uh, with, a, with a couple of resorts up here, and so... Uh, myself and then Logan, one of our new guides we took on last year. Uh, we're both going to be doing some trips up on Vermilion and uh, spending some time with my family up here and kind of, you know, bopping back and forth. But, yeah, I'm mm. looking forward to it. Kind of a little change of scenery and all. I'm, I'm familiar with the lake. I've been going there since I was a little kid, and, and so I'm kind of excited to get up there and, and see some new water. Yeah, I think we got a uh, Vermilion report from you last year, actually. Yeah, I think we did. I think I was fishing on vacation. So tell me what you like about Vermilion. You know, I just, I, it's, uh, it's kind of got that Canadian feel to it. Um, it's just, just, but yet you're, you know, you still got a lot of houses and different things like that. It's a very diverse fishery. Um, you can go out and catch walleyes. You can go out and catch, you know, smallmouth bass and largemouth bass and pike. And and there's obviously really good muskies in the lake. And, um, you know, so for me, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a place where I, I think I kind of cut my teeth as a kid getting into fishing and, and so when I when I'm up there, it's just uh, there's that piece of me that kind of feels like home in a sense, you know. Where you know, everybody's kind of like that when it comes to fishing and hunting, and you always kind of had that place that where you kind of got going in life with it. And and Vermilion's kind of that place for me. And uh, you know, so I'm excited to get up there. Obviously, it'll be you know humbling at times. I'm sure you know you'll be learning things, and as much as you know, you can't always fish your memories, and you got to learn learn new <laughs> areas and kind of figure out what the fish are doing and different things like that so i'm going to be kind of be spending most you know off and on throughout the summer and and uh, up here and then i gotta head back we got obviously football stuff and weight room stuff and going on for football and and so it'll be good a little change of scenery and uh, i think in life sometimes you gotta you gotta throw challenges at yourself sometimes and so and die uh, in adventures and so this is kind of a new one I think what's uh, kind of cool about Vermilion is the the vibe up there <clears throat> with all those islands it's a very different feel than most of our lakes here Oh gosh, yeah. No, I it's, I just kind of smile. I just kind of smile when I when I get there because it just doesn't look like the other lakes that I'm used to fishing, you know. And the, you know, the it's many you got the smells of the of the woods and and all the islands and and uh, all the channels and it just has a completely different look than a lot of the other lakes, you know. And and so, like I said, it just it has a the look and feel of Canada. You get up into some of the bays like uh, like Norwegian Bay and. Um, Bystrom Bay and some of these areas where, you know, you just, there's like barely any houses at all because it's mainly national forest and you got rock, you know, cliffs and, 
and you know all these things and you just you kind of get away and you feel like you're in a completely different place you know so it's uh it's a really unique place and um i think it's a place where a lot of people just enjoy getting away um you know when you talk to people on the phone it's you know it's it's maybe not necessarily all about uh catching 50 walleyes as much as it is just getting out on the lake and enjoying the scenery of the lake and and uh, and then obviously putting a few fish in the boat that go with it well, you mentioned football, and you know you get this advantage of uh, of getting your uh, your vision of football out on the air, and Stoffel doesn't because you know he's not a fishing guide, so he doesn't get on this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to figure out a time to take Stoffel fishing. Uh, I, I've heard it's not his forte, so uh, he's he's, uh, he's beat us the last few times here in football. So I got to get him out in the boat and beat him a few times fishing. <laughs> It's got to be exciting for you as a coach to have what appears to be a normal football season and a normal school year coming. It is. You know, this last year was, uh, I mean, I'd be lying as a teacher and as a coach to to say it wasn't exhausting because it was exhausting. I think every teacher and coach in, in America will, will say the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, taking over last year as head coach and in March, then literally 10 days later, everything gets shut down and, and then trying to connect with kids through, you know, distance and, and all that kind of stuff just became, became a real challenge, you know. And then trying to, then you're trying to run football camps and, and you got to do the pods and you got to do all these other things. And it's just, it, you just talk about, uh, I learned really quick last year, whether it was my calendar or plans, just write everything in pencil because if you wrote it in pen, you're going to have to start all over again. And, and so it's been, it's been, it's really been exciting. Obviously, we had some ups and, you know, ups and downs, you know, with our, within our season last year. And we started the season with, with COVID and then got shut down and missed the first game. And then we ended our season with COVID and we didn't get to play our last regular season game or in the playoffs. And so it was just, uh, we're kind of an emotional roller coaster. And, and so it's been kind of fun then, you know, we kind of got kids back in the, in the weight room there and, um, you know, right after Christmas and, and doing some stuff and, and then obviously we got, to, you know, back in school full time with kids in February and, and it just kind of, everybody just kind of, I think felt like we were getting more and more normal. And then we were able to finish the year really long and had a graduation outside in our stadium. And I think everybody's kind of starting to feel like, you know, the lights at the end of the tunnel here a little bit. So we're excited. We got football camps planned here. Uh, we're going to go up to the uh, Bemidji State team camp here in the middle of July. So I'll get to see stuff and Coach Bolte and the crew up there, and that'll be fun. we got a good, I think we've got 65, 68 kids going to that, and uh, seven on sevens in the weight room, and then our own camp. And then uh, obviously we just finally got our new schedule. So one of the things that we got uh, blessed with, I'll say, is, uh, is zero week. So we, we actually will be starting on August 9th and not 16th. Oh. So um, that kind of speeds up our summer a little bit more and uh has to getting ourselves ready to go and so we'll uh, we'll be going on the ninth and then we gotta you know kind of bump everything up and re- redo some things but it's exciting i'm excited to get back and have a, a normal it's funny because most time coaches uh you know kids always hate the word two a day is in august camp and the grind that goes with it and i'll always say coaches don't like it even coaches i think don't like it more than the kids <laughs> just because it's so tiring you know and you're just going every day but i think they're probably. I think most football coaches would probably tell you they're super excited to have an August and and have a normal install and yeah. a normal time to do your meetings and and all the little extra stuff that you you you, you did this year and you crammed it into a as short of a season as we've ever had and, and try to give kids the best possible experience you could. So I think everybody's looking forward to having a normal pace 
to their off season and then into their season next year. Any bold predictions for the Warriors in the upcoming year? No, no bold. You'll find me. I'm the king of coach talk there. <laughs> our, our, our job is to get better every day, and, uh, and and I'm excited. Our kids are working hard, and and it's fun to fun to see. I think last year was for a lot of kids. I think it was a realization of wow, things can get taken from you pretty easily, and and uh, and I and so. Our senior group is doing a great job of leading here this off season. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see our kids how much we have we've improved. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see an improved Warrior football team next year, um, just in terms of their confidence. We played a lot of young kids last year, a lot of kids who had never seen the varsity field before, and and that was evident at times. And so I'm excited to get those kids out there, watch them compete, and more so just watch their confidence build. And and then from there, the sky's the limit. I mean, the old the old saying is, "Let's play your best." Your best, uh, your best ball at the end of the season. So that's obviously going to be our goal. We've got a we've got a tough schedule, and then um, because of enrollment, and because of a couple of schools being able to opt down, uh, we got put into six A oh. playoffs this year. So um, that'll obviously uh, that's a challenge. But uh, you know, our kids and our coaching staff excited to embrace it. And uh, we, we, you know, there was we were trying to you know get some of that you know within our schedule. But I think a lot of the uh, the politics and some of the things that kind of go along with trying to get do those things. So we're going to still play in the normal North Central uh, district schedule this year. Uh, we'll you'll still have the traditional rivalries with with Bemidji and Moorhead and um, Sartell and Alex. Mm-hmm. But then we, we've got some different opponents too, which will be kind of nice. We've got Andover and Coon Rapids and Buffalo and some people as well. So we'll get we'll get a nice mix on our schedule, and then we'll just have to. Uh, you know, go be the uh, the only out-of-state team and try to play some spoiler in the 6A playoffs and, and go give her heck. Well, I'll tell you what, I think everybody in Bemidji is actually going to root for Brainerd in the playoffs this year. I have a feeling. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I know. Well, by the way, uh, Lumberjack coach Brian Stoffel, uh, I will give you equal, t- equal time if you go out and catch a couple of fish and can report that to me, and then we can t- talk football on the show, too. But until you do that, Stoff, <laughs> you can't get on this show. Have to do a, a, a dual interview if I can get him on the boat. That would be great. <laughs> that would be all right. I'd love it. He's got a little side bet with one of Mitch Fearbent, who's one of my assistant coaches. Uh, and they played uh, at Bemidji State together, and they got a little side bet that whoever wins each year, when they get together for their little family outing in the summer, that the uh, losing coach has to wear the other team's apparel for the weekend. Oh! So, I, last year I got a picture of Mitch wearing Bemidji, Bemidji Lumberjack apparel, so <laughs> I know Mitch is definitely uh, not looking forward to that this offseason, but I know he's looking forward to trying to get a win next year. Very cool. Well, hey, um, Jason, if people want to uh, get a, a, a trip with you on Leech or up in Vermilion, try something adventurous and different, uh, how do they go about doing that? Uh, they just got to call our 1-800 number, one eight five five loa hook And obviously you can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and also on the World Wide Web at LeisureOutdoorAdventures.com. All right, that's Jason Freed. He is in, indeed the Brainerd High School football coach, and he's also an excellent guide with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Love having him on the show. Jason, thanks for the insight today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, we're not done yet. We are with the very busy Mandy Urich. Mandy, welcome back to the show. Thanks for carving out a few minutes. I know you got a gazillion things going on right now. <laughs> well, thanks for having me back, Kevin. Thanks for squeezing me in. <laughs> Well, listen, you, yeah, you're getting ready for a big tournament this weekend. Tell us a little bit about that. So 
So uh, the Cross Lake Lions tournament is a multi-species tournament held on the Whitefish chain, put on the Cross Lake Lions organization. Uh, it's a really cool event. It's one of the largest multi-species tournaments that we have in Minnesota. Um, all the proceeds go back to charities for the food shelves, but it's, you know, hardcore anglers all the way to families. There's multiple divisions there. So it's just a really overall fun day to get, you know, a, a mix of anglers out on the water and, and give back to the community. So do you pick a species you're going for, or do you get points for any species you catch? So that's a, that's a good question. So they have, you can get biggest fish for each one of the divisions, which would be bass, walleye, or pike, um, and then you can win biggest bag individually for each one of those species, and then they have an overall for the winner who has the biggest total weight for all the divisions combined. Okay. Wow, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of prizes. There is a lot of prizes. There's even prizes for each one of those species, the first one that's weighed in. So, it, yeah, it's just a good, a good overall event. Okay. And there's a, there's a lot of water to choose from on that chain. There is, and that's what, what's great, right? I mean, you don't have to have a, a, a big boat, even if it's it's windy and the conditions are, are rough. There's so many little bays and lakes that are connected to this chain that, that nobody's ever on top of each other. Let's just say that. There's plenty of water for all. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, we've had a stretch of time here, Mandy, where we're sitting around 90 degrees every single day. Uh, are you seeing any change in the fish behavior because of that at this point? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, water temps have skyrocketed. Obviously, on the bigger main lakes, bodies of water, um, the water temp can be anywhere from 73 to 76, but these smaller bodies of water or back bays uh Last night, I saw it was 86 and, like, 6 feet of water. Mm. I mean, it's 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 insane. So I feel like, um, the you know, we always talk about the warmer water temps and, like, that drives, like, the you know, the bass's metabolism to make them, like, super hungry, super angry almost. But I think the water temp rose almost too quick for them. Uh, so they're in a funk. They're dealing with that post-spawn funk and then this water rise that came up, you know, drastically. Um, I, I'm fishing a little bit different. Like, uh, I'm... I've got a combination of both. I'm still going with that reaction bait, which would be like a chatter or small spinner bait, but also like I have downsides to finesse fishing, which realistically, yes, we've had high pressure. It's continued to be high pressure, but that's now become the new norm. I think the water temp is the big factor for the bass. So it's a mix. Like if you, I know everybody likes different styles of fishing. If you want to go fish docks, uh, pick up those docks that are directly adjacent to deeper water. So as that uh, water temp rises and falls, those fish can move up and move down. Um, those super shallow flats that normally could be good without a lot of vegetation around them, I think with water temps being at 86, like those fish aren't comfortable there, right? So the slop will be going, though. Uh, so it, it's frog time. We, we, we jump right past that and, and right into to slop season, <laughs> which is good. Uh, there again, uh, the slop that's got some adjacent deeper water to it's going to be good. Uh, and, and thicker cover, right? So they can kind of bury down in there. You want stuff that's super thick pads with maybe a little veg underneath it or reeds that um, have some veg in there too. What are you hearing from uh, some of the other species, uh, anglers, uh, muskies, walleyes? How is this weather affecting them? Uh, like you go to pike. The, the pike are chewing right now, which is crazy. And they seem to be in that anywhere from 6 to 12 feet of water, but they're in the thickest veg clumps that you can find reaction baits have been huge there um you know throwing big spinner baits throwing bigger chatter baits even large large swim baits uh 
some of the guys that are able to do it uh, are still jerk baiting for those, uh, maybe on the the deeper side of that veg, uh, keeping it up in the water column. But the the pike seem to be happy. It's been crazy with the leagues the last couple nights. Um, people are struggling with bass and walleye, but the, the pike are, are, are helping them out there. As far as the walleye, it's kind of all over the board. Um, you know, they were in shallow, you know, a few weeks ago, and now we're already seeing them move back out into the 22 to 26 foot range. Obviously, with that high sun and as warm as the water's been, as early as ice out's been, um, our vegetation on the lakes is way behind. Um, so they're not, they don't have, you know, that consistent thick cover for the ones that want to be shallower. So they're, they're finding cover. Either they got to find cover or they've got to move out deeper and they're, they're moving out deeper. Um, the basics are still working on that. I, like I said, I love slip bobber and w- with the leech, you can still, you know, get them with a, a jig and minnow or snap jigging. It, it's still working, but, but I would definitely, um, move out deeper and it's, it's going to be there again too, that, uh, early morning or, or late evening low light situation for them. Are you, is anybody or, or you or anybody else uh, that you're hearing from concerned with stress on the fish yet or not? No, um, no, no stress as far as that. I mean, because at least on our bigger bodies of water, because they have that option to move out sure. that water temp that we're, you know, we keep referring to is surface temp. So once you get down past a, you know, a, fir- a certain depth, that water temp does start to drop. So those fish are just are moving to that cooler water. We haven't seen, but I, I'm afraid we are going to see much earlier than normal algae blooms popping up. Um, when those algae blooms do pop up, then we are going to have some concerns about stress on fish and uh, low oxygenation in some of those water bodies. What are, um, what are you seeing as far as uh, water depths? Are, 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 is our water levels getting low? It's been low. We started out low. Uh, <laughs> you know, ice came out. We jumped on the water. I mean, all the way up to Rainy River. When I was up there um, early season, I'm not joking, from the top of the boat to the bottom of the dock was like five and a half feet. I've never seen it that low before. You you literally had to have like a step ladder to, to get out of the boat and up onto the dock up there. But even here, we started out at least a foot and a half to two feet low, and it just continues to, to go down, right? These super hot temps, we're not mm-hmm. getting the rain. Um, yeah, we, we need rain. We need rain bad. <laughs> we really do. That's that's a fact. And for so many reasons, uh, certainly, and, and lake levels are one of them. Um, and that, of course, can wreak havoc where when you're trying to figure out where you would normally fish this time of year because the lake is usually, you know, eight feet deep, but now it's, you know, six feet deep or whatever. Correct, and that's that's a big thing, too. And, you know, the lakes that have a lot of structure and rocks, they relax. People need to be very cognizant of that. Places where they, you know, normally could run over no problem and they're looking at their maps or maybe not familiar with that lake, they really need to stop and, and, and slow down and, on some of those points and, and check the depths before they're running across so they don't take out a lower unit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. we don't want that. We don't want that, I tell you, because uh, uh, we've heard those stories before, and that's that's not pretty and that's not fun. No. Well, what else is going on in your world these days? Oh, cook the brain the last couple of days. We knocked out uh, three commercials and a bunch of catalog stuff for Lund, which was good. Uh, it's always a, a great time. They, they're up for about 10 to 14 days, and they got to knock out a bunch of stuff. So uh, I was on the water yesterday with the famous Ted Takazaki, uh, Nick Linder, and a few others, knocking out some commercials for them. So... Yeah, they're still rolling. They'll be they'll be working on that for the next week or so, and then 
yeah, like I said, now it's derby time. It's go. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get the business side of stuff done and, and get back on the water and really start focusing the rest of the season on that. So is this a team tournament on Saturday? It is a team tournament. Who, who's your partner? Jim Eide is my partner. I've been fishing this tournament with him now probably the last 10 years or so. And we actually uh, we won this tournament, the whole thing, back in 2013. And we, we like it. We like the body of water up in Cross Lake. And, you know, we've got a bunch of rod benders and, and local people that we fish with with leagues that go up. So it's a good time. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, if we're going out this weekend, um, what do we need to do? Besides, besides stay cool. <laughs> besides stay cool, put a lot of sunblock on. Yeah. Um, there again, bass fishing, uh, slow down, go to finesse. If, if you want to find that vegetation and probably if you send that nine to 12 foot range, um, and, and, and get in there and don't be afraid if you got a couple people in the boat to switch it up. So one's throwing finesse, if that might be a hair jig or a, a wacky worm, a Senko, something like that. And then someone going with more of a reaction bait. Um, there again, if you want to throw, if you like throwing docks, uh, find those docks directly adjacent to, uh, deeper water with an outside sedge line. Um, pike, like I said, they're just going crazy right now, but you got to find the veg. So, and it's been spotty, it's starting to come up, but if you're cruising around, our lakes are clear enough right now where you can actually see the tops of that cabbage coming up. So if you find those clumps, that's what you want to throw to. Pretty uh, interested to see what happens here in Bemidji. We've got the uh, Knights Columbus Walleye Classic, $20,000 on the line coming up on Saturday, and it'll be very interesting to see where they find the big fish this year. It will be very interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> it isn't just finding fish. It's you got to find the right ones, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, how that all plays out this Saturday. Um, when will we be able to watch you on, on the TV show? I believe we're we're airing right now. I oh, think okay. next week is our our first one on on Lakeland Public. So you should be able to start watching those every Thursday night. And that's during the uh... oh yeah, that was also at me and Ray cr- cracked out uh, fifteen <laughs> episodes last week. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, it, it, it's been busy. Uh, we we got them. We got most of those taken care of. So yeah. All right. If he can stay up till 10 o'clock on Thursday, you can watch us. Okay, well, I'll have to take a nap, but I think I can make it happen. <laughs> Mandy Urex, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Kev. Well, the weekend is here. Get out there and do some fishing. Stay safe and stay cool. And if you're in the Bemidji area, I hope to see you down at the waterfront tomorrow for the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic 20th Anniversary Celebration. The award ceremony is at 4.30. The fishing will begin at 7 a.m. Always remind you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever you want to, and on top of that, get some bonus content. And in fact, there is some bonus content on the podcast version of this show. If you go to the podcast, you'll hear from the always entertaining and excellent Mandy Urich. Again, you can subscribe at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app, which also gives you access to hundreds of Minnesota-based podcasts. Again, that's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.